Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for that, Chris. Good morning. It's great to be together. So, if you have been part of this church for a year or less, can you put your hand up, please? Take a look around, have a look. If you've been part of this church for three years or less, put your hand up. Okay. Five years? Ten years? There's no prizes, so it's okay. (laughs) Fifteen years? Twenty years? Twenty-five years since the beginning. Fantastic. So we've got a massive spread of people in this room, not just of age, but of experience. A lot of people who will have heard over the years lots of input from this house, some people who will have heard less, others who will have had input from different families and bodies and parts of the church, others who this is all they've ever known in terms of the input of, of, of the church and of the people of God. And I've just been pondering over the past uh, few months, really, just how privileged I am to be part of this church. I, um, I, love, I love this church. And that means I love you because you are the church. <laughs> and I'm so, so privileged to be part of this church. I, I meet with different church leaders and, uh, across different areas, and there, there are some fantastic churches out there, but none like this one. <laughs> and I'm completely biased, okay? I am. But that's okay, because I don't, want to be, I don't want to be thinking about being elsewhere. This is where God has put me, and so I'm going to love this community of believers. I'm going to love this part of the body with everything I've got. I haven't got... A, I, I, I love this body. And I've been thinking about something that Roger said to us when he came. Who's here for Momentum? Okay, so when Roger came for Momentum, he shared about faith and love, uh, sorry, faith and hope in particular, And he said he wasn't really going to touch on love too much because he said, you're a people who are famous for your love. I was quite taken back when he said that. It's like, are we? (laughs) And I think of the conversations I had back in in the days of Bible Week. (laughs) Come back, come back, Bible Week. (laughs) Um, Back in the days uh, when I see people from other churches and when when we talk and share what God is doing in, in the churches, I'm like, yeah, actually, do you know what? A lot of people really do consider us very highly for the way that we love each other, for the way that we care about each other. And then I was listening to David, he shared a few weeks ago, and then again, the same thing in Atherston. And over the, uh, over the years, I've heard David share again and again over how this church was established and how we were kind of, how the church set up, how it grew, how we became the people we are today. And so within all that, I was just considering and, and I was just talking with the Lord and, and just thinking about, I've been part of this church now for about 18 years, which I can't quite believe. But I was just thinking about all the things I've grown up hearing. All the things that have been laid down in my life. And I know that we have rock solid and we have belonging and we have these um, different uh, kind of foundations to who we are. But you know what? There's lots more foundations to who we are than just what is in there. And I was just thinking about some of those things. And this morning I wanted to share on family values. So again, just give me, give me a, uh, if you could pop your hand up, again, if you've been here for over 10 years, all, all over 10 years and above, okay, and then under 10 years and above, uh, under 10 years, <laughs> okay, so for those who've been here for less than 10 years, some of these things, you will be like, oh, that's what that is, 
because you'll have seen it, but it won't necessarily be something we've talked about because it's really easy to forget um, that not everybody was here for 25 years. And so they haven't heard all the stuff we used to talk about all the time. But that stuff is still in our DNA. It's in who we are, but we haven't talked about it. But there's a principle in Scripture that we should remember what God has done for us. We, we sang about it this morning. There's a, uh, there's a principle. The Levites in the Old Testament were instructed, bind the words of God to your hands and to your forehead as a symbol of, of not forgetting them and always having them with you. Psalm 77 verse 1 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Jesus says, a teacher of the law who enters the kingdom is like one who brings out what is old and what is new from a treasure chest. Old things are good. (laughs) We don't need loads of new things all the time. Sometimes the old stuff is just good. (laughs) And it doesn't negate the, the new stuff. It doesn't make it any less. But it is important. And what we have, what this church has been built on, which, let's be clear, are teachings of scripture (laughs) that we've applied to our uh, environment, they're really important. And we should hold on to them. We should defend them. So those who have been here for more than 10 years, some of these things will be a throwback. Some of these teaching series you might remember. Some of these just times that we've been together, you will remember. And what I'm not doing today either is harping back to the good old days. Best days are ahead. But the best days are built on the foundation of the old days. (laughs) And the other thing I want to make clear this morning is I am not saying we don't do these anymore. So when we remember what God has done in the past, it's not because... We are, um, we've got to learn them again because we're not doing them. Sometimes it is. But actually, it's a bit like, uh, and I'm sorry if this, this is trigger warning for the youth because now they're on their summer holidays, but it's a bit like revision, okay? You don't revise something you haven't learned. Well, I did, but I, I was learning. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't revising, I was learning. But the principle of revision, the idea of it is that you go over the stuff that you've already learned and you bring it freshly back to mind. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're revising some of those old things. And, um, and so I've broken these down so that it fits the theme of faith, hope, and love um, <laughs> a little bit and tried to uh, crowbar some of them in, you know. Um, yeah, thank you. And so we'll start off with a couple of things that we, talked, we used to talk about a lot. And, um, uh, and just in the idea of faith. And these are, these are things really that affect our faith and impact our faith in Jesus, and they result in us being built up. And there's two things here. One of our family values has always been that the expectation is that every person in this community has a devotional time with the Lord. Now, it might seem really simple and really obvious, but it's something I thought, I can't remember the last time we talked about that. When's the last time we talked about the fact that every person, youth, Children, adults, whether you've read the Bible through every year for the past 50 years or whether you've never finished it. Every person in this body, we expect, we want to be in the Word. We want to be those who pray regularly. We want to be those who prioritize our time around the Lord. Not just when we're together, but when we're on our own. I grew up hearing David talk all the time about the fact that, do you know what's a great place to start? Is put half an hour of your day aside. 
for quiet time in the Word and prayer. Just half an hour a day. Just start there. And I just want to bring that back up again and say, actually, for me, I do not find discipline very easy. Okay? I don't. All right? And so, for the past 18 years of being a Christian, being part of this church, I've gone through fits and starts with the Word of God. To, be, to be, just be really blunt with you, okay? Sometimes I'm in the groove, same time every day, crack of dawn, opening the Word and feeling super holy, you know, getting loads from the Word. Other times, I wake up, I'm not really sure what time it is, and I think, oh gosh, I've got to crack on with my day, and I just realise, oh Lord, do you know what? I've not prioritised you this morning, I need to sort that out. Sometimes I can slip into patterns of, of not, not reading the word, but not giving it the time it deserves, or prayer the time it deserves, and that happens. But you know what? I've never given up trying, because I want to live in a way where I understand if I do not pray, if I do not feed myself from the word, then I am in real trouble. I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that if I do not give myself to the word and to prayer, if I don't give myself to being in God's presence, I'm in serious trouble. And I can't really do anything. I can do everything in my own strength, but that's not going to last. It's not going to do very well. But actually, if I do things in his strength, they'll be established for eternity. And so I want to live in a way where I prioritize that time being with God. And you know, when things do work out and Praise God, you know, I've got up late, I forgot to be in the Word, or I forgot to pray about something that I'm in the middle of doing and thinking, oh gosh, I really should have committed this to the Lord in some way. You know, I, I, I've not even thought about him in this context. I'm just being real with you. It happens. Maybe, maybe you're far, far holier than I am. But, uh, but sometimes I find myself in those situations. I come away from them, and you know what? All it does, it doesn't make me realise, oh, I, I can get away with not being in the Word. It just makes me say, thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your grace, because I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything in that situation, but actually you did everything. But I don't want to live like that. I want to give God something to work with. Yeah. I want him to have, I want a word to be in me in a way that when I'm in a situation, um, he can bring it out of me. That when I'm in a situation, my first thought is to pray because I've disciplined myself. And so I just really want to encourage you if you don't do that, if you don't have a regular pattern, it doesn't have to be the same time, it doesn't have to be um, exactly the same way every day, it doesn't even look the same for every person. For some people, it might be going for a walk, listening to the word, and praying around your favourite field. It doesn't matter. It might be getting on your knees first thing in the morning and then spending uh, an hour reading the Bible. It doesn't, what, what matters is that we are with the Lord in his word, eating the bread the feast that he has put before us every day and realising that before him and just being totally humble and saying, Lord, I need you today. I need you because my role here is not to fulfil my wants, my desires, my needs. It's to bring your kingdom. And if the king does not empower me, I can't do it. Can't do it. So I... I just, I know that when I was younger, I grew up hearing that. I grew up hearing that. And I just want to re say that again. Let's be in the word. Let's be a people like that. Amen. And you know, what came from that was a second expectation around our faith is that um, when we met together, when we do meet together, 
because we're in the Word, because we're giving God something to work with, because we're praying, because I've got a whole load of... I've read more Scripture during the week than I've heard on the Sunday, that actually I come with something to bring. That whether it was a youth meeting, whether it was a Sunday morning, whether it's a life group, whether it's just meeting for a a drink with a friend, you know what? God can use me. He's got something for me to bring. 1 Corinthians 14.26, if you want to turn there. Because this is not my expectation. This is the Word's expectation of us. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Let all things be done for building up. When we come together, doesn't say the setting, just says when you come together, everyone has something. And I believe that because the word tells it. Every person in this room this morning had something to bring, still has something to bring. Some people that will be on the microphone. Some people that will be as part of the, the, the congregation lifting their voice to the Lord. Some people it will be out when you're having a coffee and God just drops a word into your heart for the person you're sitting op- opposite and you share it with them. For others, it, will just be, it might even just be a smile. Just you've gone and spoken to someone who's come in for the first time And they're nervous and they don't know what to do, but actually you've just offered them a warm welcome. You know, what we have to offer each other is really significant. And so when we come together, let's expect that we all have something to bring. And um, one of the things that uh, we, um, I just want to talk about on a really practical basis on that, is how to come and share something at the front on a Sunday. Because what you might notice is that this morning, Chris has been sat there with the microphone. Some people have come up, they've asked to share something, and they've been given the mic and they've started sharing. Other times you might see on a Sunday, somebody comes up, asks to share something, and they go away having not shared. And I just thought to myself, I've, I asked about that when I was younger, and I found out why, how that all worked. So I didn't really understand it. What was going on? Are the, are the elders ruling over with an iron fist? To say, no, yes, I like you, I don't like you. You can share, you can't, don't like your shoes, shorts, absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, there there is a growing trend of Crocs in this church, and just to say, that may be a disqualifying feature. However, just, yeah, over there, you know who you are, stop it. Anyway, The reason that there's an elder at the front with a microphone is firstly, so that we can hear each other, (laughs) okay? Because we've all got some, because people have stuff to bring and so it needs to be shared, all right? But the reason that one of the elders has that is because as elders, we have responsibility for this house, okay? We have responsibility for what is shared to you, what is fed to you, okay? And we take that responsibility really seriously. So we're not just going to put a microphone up here for anybody who could have just walked in, who we don't know, to just come and share. Okay? Because we care. <laughs> this is a really precious place. That's why we, we value this. And so we have a responsibility before God and we have a responsibility to you to make sure that what is fed is good. The other thing is that we, we need to facilitate the meeting. Okay? 
There are, there are mornings where we would be here for three hours if everybody shared, okay? Some of you, well up for that. Others, not so much, okay? I'm somewhere in the middle, to be honest, okay? So we, we do have like some practical things to deal with that we're thinking about. We also have a, have a, a, a more, we're conscious of everything that's happening in the morning. So we're aware of what we've got to do. What God has already said to us ahead of time needs to happen. And so we need to prioritize those things. And we have to sometimes move things around and shift things around. The other thing is that when you share the body, we all weigh what is brought. And I've been in situations where I've been absolutely convinced that God has told me to say something and I've come up and I've shared it and I was quite insistent about sharing it and then I've had to be corrected because I was wrong. And to be honest, that's quite embarrassing. Like, it's, it's just, it's a bit uncomfortable. And so what we want to do is we want to help in that coming and somebody saying, I just feel God's got this to share. And, and you, a lot of the time it's, yeah, okay, but actually it would fit really well here. So could you, would you mind, we'll call you up when there's something to, something to share. Or other times it might be, God is, God is moving, he's doing things, and it just doesn't quite fit with what God is saying on the whole. And it's really important that um, we understand that when somebody says no to you sharing, it's not a reflection on, firstly, whether God has actually spoken to you or not. Because God may have spoken to you, but it, it's probably not for this time or in this setting. Okay, so don't just disregard it if, if we say, no, it's not for sharing in this way. The second thing is that it's not a reflection on you as a person. We love you and we value you. The reality is I'm talking from experience here. When I was younger, I came up every week like, God's, God wants to say this. And often it was like, no, he doesn't like <laughs> And it's just because I was really passionate about bringing something to the body. And you know what? That then kept me coming back up even when it was, sometimes it was a bit like, oh, okay, I've come out to the front and everybody's kind of seen me walk down and now I'm kind of doing the, the, the walk back to my chair. And, but it's just, I was really passionate about sharing with you and being able to bring something and contribute because I took this scripture really seriously that when we gather together, we've all got something to bring. And so I just wanted to share and I wanted to, I wanted to bless you. And so that means that the next week, I'm more concerned about doing that than I am about being embarrassed. And so let me, let me encourage you, if you are sitting here going, do you know what? On, on a regular basis, God does give me things that I think would be really good for a Sunday morning to share. Please come and talk to us. Just come on a Sunday morning and say, so whoever's hosting the meeting, I just feel God has got this to share. And it might be weeks and weeks and weeks before you have the opportunity to do it because you're learning. Okay? And we will help you learn and grow into how that all works. All right? And the other thing I want to say to those of you who used to share a lot, but maybe have become discouraged, maybe it's something that, um, maybe you had a few, no, sorry, not this morning's. Maybe you just haven't been in the Word as much, and so you're just not coming as, as full to overflowing as you could be. But please, please, we need to hear the voice of the body. We need to hear one another because we've all got something to share. And so if that's you, take that this morning and come ready as we gather. Amen. The next thing in our faith, and, and this, this was something that we, I used to hear a lot, was this, um, we, we were really clear on that you and I, as Christians, are new creations in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the old has gone, the new has come. You are a new creation in Christ. And that means that each one of us have the ability to live free of sin. 
I am never going to use the excuse, well, it was the way I was brought up. And I've tried in the past. (laughs) But that is not true. Because the truth is that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone, the new has come. I am not the person I was when I was brought up that way. And so it might take my mind a little time to catch up, to get rid of some of those old habits. But if I work with the grace of God, he can transform me and I don't have to remain the same. And I don't have to be stuck in patterns of sin. And I don't have to get things wrong and I'm not inevitably bound to sin. Now that is a tension in scripture. It is. Because um, uh, in 1 John... Uh, eight to, uh, 1 John 1, 8 to 9, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the reality is, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone, the new has come. But the, also the reality is, my mind is still stuck in some silly ways of thinking and I make mistakes and I get things wrong. But he is faithful and just to forgive me in all of those circumstances. And I can't pretend like I'm perfect and I refuse to. Because if I did, the truth isn't in me. (laughs) But we used to use this phrase a lot. Keep short accounts. Anybody remember hearing that all the time? Keep short accounts. When we do make mistakes, let's keep short accounts with God. Let's be those who are quick to repent. Who we make a mistake, but in that moment we say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stubbornly hold on to my sin. I'm not going to stubbornly hold on to this attitude. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make excuses for it. I'm just going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please change the way I think. Change the way I talk. Change the way I behave. And it doesn't matter. In the right sense, it doesn't matter whether that's once a year, once a week, once a day. Because he's faithful and just to forgive us. And actually he sees our heart. And if we are those who are saying, God, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be this person because I know that's not who you've called me to be. I know that's actually not who I am because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. New creations don't do that. Lord, help me. Every moment, every day, let's call on him for help and let's call on each other for help in those circumstances as well. And the other thing is to keep short accounts with each other. We must protect our unity at all costs. And some of those costs sometimes are awkward conversations of saying, I didn't like when you said this to me. This hurt me. You were wrong in that circumstance. You hurt somebody there. Sometimes those awkward conversations have to be had, okay? You have those in a family. You don't just bury things down and ignore them because you've got to live in the same house. (laughs) And that's what we're doing. We're living in the same house together. So if we upset each other, if we hurt each other, Let's think the best of one another. Let's be quick to forgive one another. And where we've got to have those conversations, let's have them. Because then we can just get on with the mission. <laughs> the next thing I wanted to talk about is, um, is hope. And um, there's just one thing I want to talk about in this area, just something that we hope for. And this wasn't necessarily a teaching that we heard loads um, when I was younger, but it was just something I noticed. And it's from a scripture in 1 Timothy 6 verse 6. And I've just been loving this scripture recently. You know when a, a scripture just keeps coming back to you and you just, it's just fires you up and you think, this is an amazing scripture and it's really relevant right now. And it's this. But godliness 
with contentment is great gain. And, it, and it's just one of those things that as I've pondered on it more and more, it's just blessed me more and more. Godliness with contentment is great gain. It is great gain for you and I to be content with what God has given us. In a time at the moment where budgets are squeezed, maybe you're noticing the cost, uh, the cost of fuel, the cost of everything going up, But do you know what? God's people are those who, yes, do you know what? We are miraculously provided for (laughs) in certain situations, as we've heard this morning. But we're also content with our lot. We're also content. We're We're to be a people who say, Lord, whether with much or with little, you are more than enough for me. There's a really good song going around, and it's been going around for a while, uh, by Maverick City called Gyra. I love songs that teach good theology. (laughs) And what I love about that song, um, the bit that it really hits home on and it's really good about it, it says, Jireh, you are enough. Jireh is an Old Testament name for God being our provider. But it, it highlights the point that God being our provider isn't about he gives you this, he gives you that, he gives you the other. The point of him being provider is that he is enough. God himself is enough for you and I in every circumstance. And, um, you know, when we bought this building years and years ago, it was pretty rough, okay? But we still met in it. I got saved in the room upstairs at a youth group. And it was, a, it was not looking great. I think it's actually in the office I'm in now. But that's where I gave my life to Jesus, and it did not look like it does now. And this building still isn't perfect. There's still things we're working on. There's still things changing. Um, But we just worked with what we had. And when we didn't have a building, we worked with that. And when, um, and maybe for some of you, you can think of times in your life where you didn't have much. And now maybe you have a lot more. But my question is, is is that still enough for you now? Like, are are you using your home now in the same way that you were using it years and years ago when it was smaller and you didn't really have the space, but you still squeezed everyone in anyway? When you didn't have the money to put an amazing feast on the table, but you just did, still had people in your home because you knew the value of fellowship. I just want to encourage us that as, we, as God blesses us with more, as we're faithful with little and he gives us much, let's be faithful with much as well. Let's be those who are content, whether we've got much or whether we've got little, but let's use everything we've got for God's glory. That will mark us out at the moment. That will mark us out if we are those who go into our workplaces and into our families, say, what I have is enough. That we're not the ones complaining about the price of everything all the time, even when it's tough. The number one question I get asked all the time now, (laughs) being a parent of a new tiny baby, is, how are you sleeping? (laughs) And my default response to that, I thought about it for a little while, And um, my default response has been, enough. That's how much I'm sleeping, enough. Because I genuinely believe God gives me everything I need. So if I wake up and he tells me you only needed three hours sleep last night, (laughs) then fine, that was enough. And I might be tired and it might be difficult, but it was enough. And there might be times in 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 the coming years where you think, gosh, money's tight, but I have enough. 
And if there's not enough in my bank account right now, when I need it, I will have enough. Because God provides. Let's be those whose answer to those situations is, I have enough. Because God has enough. And he's the one that provides for me. And then on to love. I just want to finish with these two points. Um, One point, actually. There you go. But it's a longer one, so... And it's, um, it's really to love one another. It's a command in scripture, to love one another. And um, I, I want to encourage us to love one another in this way, and that's being really, really generous. And uh, Luke 6, 38. You will remember this scripture from a time when Andrew Hughes came, talked about, net-breaking, boat-sinking fruitfulness. But um, this scripture, uh, Luke 6, 38, says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. Give, and it will be given to you pressed down, shaken together, running over. There is an abundance when we are generous that we receive in return, but we give an abundance as well. And um, we are really, really, we, I mean, we are tremendously generous people. I, I cannot overstate how generous you are because I've seen it and I know it and I, and I hear about all the little things that nobody else sees as well. And it is such a blessing to be part of such a generous church. And I want, us to, I want to encourage us to be generous at this time in our serving of one another. To be really generous in how we serve. And um, you, we already are, because you only have to look at what's happening this morning and how we're all together and how that's happening. You only have to look at the celebration of Steve Peake's life to see people here on a Friday night till seven o'clock uh, just serving so beautifully to the point where it impacts the non-believers that are in the room because they see the love that we have for one another. But this, this area of serving I want to talk about is a, is a phrase that was used by Steve and Mandy Russell all the time when they used to be here week in, week out, and now they're in Harbour. And that was talking about seeing the need. Remember that? Anybody who was part of a serving team 10 years ago, you will have heard this speech from Stephen and Mandy. You need to, we need to see the need. We need to be those who are seeing the need around us. And um, Galatians 5, 13, talks about the importance of serving one another in love. Five thirteen says... For we, um, uh, sorry, five, where am I? Yeah, five thirteen. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. We are called to serve one another. And um, this is a really specific way that we can do that. Serving is not just about being on a rotor, Okay. It's not just about being here on a Sunday and being part of a rota. But you know what? If you can be part of a rota, it really helps actually make things happen. (laughs) 
Like, it's just, a, it's just a practical way that we organize ourselves so that stuff actually gets done. Like, the reality was, a couple of, um, a couple of weeks ago, the Hot Rock Five kids um, uh, had to stay in. And we didn't say it at the time, but the reality was that was because there wasn't enough people to run Hot Rock Five. It's just true. Like, we didn't have enough people on the rotor to make it happen. And so, if we don't fill those rotors, if, we, if people aren't on them, then stuff just won't happen. But actually... We're here to facilitate God moving amongst all of us, and those rotors help us do that. But seeing the need is something different. It's an attitude, it's a heart attitude that says, you know what, if I see that something needs doing, I'm going to be willing to try and meet that need. That I'm going to, I see that there's a cup on the floor, somebody's had a coffee. Do you know what, rather than waiting for the the people who are blessing us and serving us on that rotor to come and clear that up, I'm just going to take it through to the kitchen. I'm just going to bless them. Just going to care for them like that. It means that, do you know what? Even though I have no idea how all that stuff at the back works, <laughs> but I know that that team is a bit short of, of staff at the minute. And do you know what? I can run a PowerPoint, so surely it can't be that much harder than that. <laughs> it is a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> but the thing is, to be quite honest, in a smaller church, seeing the need and just getting stuck in can be a little bit easier. Because secret, um, we, a lot of us didn't know what we were doing anyway, so you could kind of just jump in and not know what you were doing either and just help. <laughs> and when we're part of a bigger church, it can feel like everything is really slick and working well and that we're not like ducks sitting there with legs flapping beneath us trying to get things done. And it can be harder to see the needs that are around. But I just encourage you, you know, if you've got capacity to serve the body of Christ, please let us know. We'll point you in the direction of a bunch of stuff that you can do. I, I'm part of a group of um, uh, kind of people who have served in pretty much every area of the church at some stage or another. Because I'm not really, like, specifically good. Like, I'm not, not Tim on PA, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not got the skills of Paul Candy on car parking. I've not got the ability to facilitate a, uh, uh, the, the making of teas and coffee, like Joy and Alison. But I'll just get stuck in and I'll help where I can. And do you know what? It was better to have me there than not. (laughs) And that's the reality is that for a lot of situations where we can serve, it's better that you're there than that you're not. Um, I am am more messy than Lauren. And um, I'm clean. I'm clean, don't get me wrong. But I'm, I'm less bothered about books being around. I'm less bothered about my shoes not being in the box, that kind of thing. And... So Lauren has come to the understanding that when she comes in and I have tidied, that it is not going to be Lauren's tidy. But it will be tidier than it was. Because the reality is, I don't even see the stuff that she says needs tidying. <laughs> it's, I just, it's just not me. I'm not wired that way. But you know what? She has loads of grace for me. And she's like, oh, thank you. You've actually halved the amount of time this job will now take. All right? That's, hey, that's not bad, you know? That's not bad, and I tried. And, and we're part of a family, and that's what we do. And so, do you know what? If, if Tim needs to step in and fix something on PA because I don't really know 100% what I'm doing, well, at least he didn't have to come in early, turn it on, get it all up and running, and all that kind of thing. Instead, he's just been able to come up, tweak it, sort it, and he can crack on. Do you know what I mean? Like, we can, we can serve to the best of our ability and bless one another. We can do all the different jobs, all right? We can. And do you know what? I will not do them as well as Annie does them. But she can fix what I, what I get wrong. And in reality, I'm probably not making her job harder. 
So maybe sometimes. But it's okay. <laughs> but I just really want to encourage you to just get stuck in with anything. Lead a life group, even if you've never done it before. Get stuck in with helping the youth. Russ and Rita are fantastic youth leaders, right? And it took us about five years to convince them to do it. But now, right, they're like, they're the favourites. <laughs> they're old enough to be their grandparents. Well. <laughs> but you never know what God might call you to and what skills you've got until you get stuck in and find out. Pete and Emily have just taken over youth, and believe me, they are doing a far better job than I did when I first took it over. Took me a good long while to, uh, to, to get that right. But I found this amazing thing that I did for like 11 years and absolutely loved it. And God was like blessing me, but I had so much to learn. And Pete and Emily are like, oh, well, I can't do this, this, and this. But you know what? Youth is like so well organized now, like better than it has ever been in the 11 years. <laughs> I looked after it in like five weeks. It's incredible. But, you know, and they'll grow into the strengths that I had because we can all learn from each other and we can all serve. And I just really want to encourage you. Let us love one another by serving one another. Let's let's think of each other as better than one another as the scripture encourages us to and serve in every which way. And if you genuinely, if you're not sure where to serve, if you're not sure where you can get stuck in, if you're not sure what needs doing, just ask us. Honestly, Annie will have a list of jobs for you as long as you're armed. And there are plenty of experts in the church we're very blessed to have that will teach you all that you need to know to be able to serve in it really well. Really well. So, we are, and let's continue to be a people who are devoted to God's word and prayer and time with him. Let's come ready and eager with what God has given us when we gather Let's be people who know that we are new creations and keep short accounts with God when we do make mistakes and with each other. Let's be those who are content with everything that God has given us, knowing that he is enough himself. And let's be a people who overflow with generosity, with our time, our resources, and our energy, serving one another joyfully. Thank you for listening this morning. And um, I, I just... I just want to pray because I'm so, Lord, I am so thankful for the church that we're a part of. I'm so thankful to get to share this morning on a whole bunch of things that have made us the people that we are. This is by no means exhaustive. But Lord, we are part of such a beautiful bride that spans across the world. And Lord, I'm so glad that we're in such an amazing part of it right here in Stony Stanton. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to be part of this body. Thank you so much for the joy of being able to serve one another. Thank you so much that we can come boldly into your presence. And Lord, I just pray that this week, Lord, help us to be even more thankful and grateful for what you've given us. Lord, let us not be those who are complacent. Lord, let us not be those who um, forget all of your benefits and all the things that you've given us in this community of people. Lord, let us be grateful always for your great and wonderful blessing. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.